0: some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to this edition of Equipped to Be. I'm your host, Connie Albers. We've been doing a parenting series based on Parenting Beyond the Rules, which is a book I wrote. And it really does help parents kind of have permission to pivot, to embrace and discover the freedom that comes when something that we've been doing in raising our children stops working or just needs to be adjusted a little bit. So we've done a series. Uh, we're going chapter by chapter in and Beyond the Rules. I know some of you have read the book, or probably many of you have read the book, uh, especially if you're a regular listener here at equip to Be. But it was the first time that I felt now was the time. So much in our culture has shifted and changed. And we're trying to figure out how do we navigate all the seasons Uh, when we marvel at something simple as seeing ladies' restroom or women's bathroom. uh, There's so many elements to the family that are under attack and... Parenting, uh, we see what's happening across the country and really across the world. The systematic breaking down and attacks and undermining of the parents' role in raising and teaching and training their children and the way they should go, which is foundational, is what exactly what scripture uh, tells us to do. But we have a a segment of society who's telling us to sit down, shut up, mind your business. Your children need to be totally let go of and turned over to, I don't know, somebody else that thinks they can do a better job of raising your kids than you. You know, I try to be careful in what we say here at Equipped to Be, but I'm getting more and more comments uh, from listeners. And by the way, thank you for always tuning in. Thank you for telling your friends. We have been growing, and it's been amazing to watch how our little piece of the world is impacting lives. And so we're humbled and we're grateful. But this lesson, last week, uh, we, the episode was on listening. And this one, we're going to be about monitoring your mouth. I mean, that's straight out of the book, Parenting Beyond the Rules. And words, oh my goodness. You know, your words uh, do two things. <laughs> we either build up or we tear down. It's kind of hard to be neutral, right? We are building our children up, or we're abdicating the role to somebody else, or we're tearing them down. And I know that all of you that are listeners here, you want to build your kids up, but it's like, how? What do we say? What do we do? That's going to be our focus on this edition of Equip to Be. So stick around. I know you're going to enjoy this segment. So when I think about When I was writing Parenting Beyond the Rules, you know, I'm a mother of five, all the kids have grown. We have three that are married. We have a grandbaby and one on the way that will be here, you know, and uh, soon she's five months pregnant. And words, you know, when your children are little, uh, what you say, and as I titled the chapter, monitor your mouth. How many times have you said something you went, oh man, I wish I hadn't said that. Or how many times did your child do something and without thinking you reacted and maybe it wasn't a pleasant reaction? Maybe you snapped at them. Maybe your first reaction is, I've told you a thousand times, stop doing that. And it happens again and you have the same reaction. I know. I mean, that's why I wrote Parenting Beyond the Rules. People have often said, why didn't you write this book when you were in the middle of it? Because I was in the middle of it. And that's not when God wanted me to write this book. But words are powerful, aren't they? Words are powerful. How we use them, how we construct that phrase, that sentence, that reaction, that response. Do we soothe and calm and comfort? Do we criticize? Do we correct? Do we shame or marginalize? Do we get sarcastic? Our words have power. And we need to be very aware that The words that we speak, oh, they've got to land in a tender place of your child's heart. That's not always easy, is it, friends? It's not even easy when the words we say don't land in a tender place of our spouse if you're married. It's not even easy when the words we say, they don't land in a tender place of our friend's heart or a colleague's heart because maybe we're in a hurry and we're just top of mind, in the mind, out the mouth. That's not a healthy way to live. Just because you have a thought doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be expressed, or at least at that moment. We need a filter. We've got to put a filter over our mouth. We see people with large platforms just kind of spout off whatever they think or feel. They don't fact-check themselves. They don't consider how the hearer is going to hear. So let's think about this on a very cellular level, and that's within our home. How do we monitor our mouth? It just means guarding what you say. Monitoring your mouth just means guarding what you say. Does that make sense? God tells us to let your words always be gracious. You know, I tend to want to please. When I was a child, I was a people pleaser. I wanted to make my mom and dad happy. I wanted, I would kind of look around at what my brother did and what I saw other kids do. And if they got in trouble, I would decide, yeah, I probably don't want to do that. And if they had great success, then I'd be, yeah, you know what? I think I'll try that. I was seeking approval, but not validation for my existence, but just I genuinely wanted to make people feel good. I think part of it was because my childhood was rather difficult and I wanted to help other people not have to have the pain or struggles or trials. And I viewed myself as being able to come alongside and be a cheerleader, encourage them, equip them, which is how we came with Equip to Be. I am an exhorter. I am an equipper. I love to take big ideas, and help people understand the possibilities. I love listening to my children dream about their future and being there saying, you can do this, I'm by your side. I'll be praying for you. I'll help you any way I can. I want to breathe life into my kids, and so do you. Because the thing we have to realize is it's not always what we say, it's how we say it. It makes all the difference in the world. And you know, You know exactly what I'm talking about. If we pause long enough to think about the person that's hearing the words come out of our mouth, and we think about how are they going to hear those words? Guess what happens? We will rephrase them. We will be careful to construct the right words in the right order, with the right tone, so that when they come out of our mouth, and they travel through the grid of another person's filter system with what they hear us say. And then it lands. It lands in that place that's received. Because we can say things and our kids tune us out, turn us off, ignore us, shut down, do the exact opposite. That does happen. It happens to you. How many times have somebody said something to you and you didn't necessarily go, oh, thank you for such wisdom you just shared with me after you just cut me down. No, we don't react that way. Our children don't either. That's why I think monitoring our mouth is probably one of the most, besides listening, critical things that we can do in our children's life because our words have the power to build up or tear down. And beings, there's so much power in them. Why not use them wisely? Why not pause long enough? Why not, instead of giving a curt short, I've already told you that. Don't ask me again. Why don't we consider a pause and say, okay, I see you, child. I know how you think. I know how you process the world around you. Let me phrase it this way. We've talked about when our children want to talk, being available to listen. And sometimes getting our kids to talk takes uh, some great effort, especially if there's a wall built up because maybe they don't trust you to share, Uh, maybe because you might make fun of them or mock. And it's hard to imagine that you would ever do that to your children, but it does happen. And you kind of go away going, why did I do that? Why did I say that? I wanted to encourage them, and I actually did the exact opposite. When we think about monitoring our mouth and the words that come out of them, we have to get this vision in our mind about breathing life. I want to breathe life into you. I want to be that when that kind of helps lift you up because there's voices out there that are constantly attacking and marginalizing and criticizing and berating our kids. But we want our voice. The voice when we speak to our children, our children to turn, to react, to respond in a tender way. Oh, she's for me. Oh, dad, he's there for me. That doesn't mean we can't cut up and have, you know, some fun conversations because there are some children who will do or say things because they want to make people laugh. And sometimes they cross the line and they realize, later that they actually hurt somebody with their words. And that happens with us too. We're trying to be kidding around and maybe making light of something, not intentionally wanting to hurt, but it doesn't land well. So when we think about breathing life into our children, this is important for us to ask ourselves, are the words we're about to say going to build them up? Are they going to hear what we're saying? Is it the right time to say this particular word? at this moment? Or should I just tuck it away? And when we have a moment, a little bit later, I can come back to this. So often, that's what we need to do as parents. Tuck those little comments away to a time where it's a little more appropriate, or maybe it'll be received better. Always let your words communicate worth or value. Now, we're not talking about a participatory trophy where everybody is awarded the same thing. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about truly communicating worth and value. As a mother of five, I'm going to tell you, sometimes that is really, really hard because what you say to one child may bounce right off of their back because they're just oblivious to whatever you're saying anyway. And some are highly sensitive. That doesn't mean that they're overly sensitive and dramatic. It means that Your words carry a greater weight than with some of your other kids. And how do we manage? How do we communicate worth and value? Know your child. Be their greatest cheerleader and make sure they know you are. And that's by literally telling them, hey, you know what? I am your greatest cheerleader. There's nobody else that's going to be more for you than mom and dad. Oh, maybe grandma and grandpa. Your kids need to hear that. Your kids need to hear that they matter, that they have worth and value because of just who God made them to be. Your kids need to know they have worth and value within the home, that without them in your home, your family would have a void. Something would be missing. It's their their little idiosyncrasies, their little quirks, (laughs) the way they load the dishwasher, if you have a dishwasher, the way they fold a towel, even though you've told them 16 times, this is how we fold a towel, they still want to be creative and fold it a different way. Those are the little things that you can affirm them and cause them to thrive and blossom and grow to become the person that they need to be. The other thing that we don't talk much about is that God clearly says in scripture when your children are children, they speak as a child. Okay, I know that sounds kind of strange, but as a child, you speak as a child. As you grow up, you put away childishness. Now, what is that age? Well, it is, I can assure you, it's not 26. It's during those teen years. They put off foolishness they put on wisdom they put on knowledge they put on maturity and growth and responsibility and diligence and perseverance and they put off laziness slothfulness they put off foolish antics see during the teen years never in scripture does it say that we're just supposed to take our hands off and say, okay, well, teens will be teens. No, it doesn't say that. And this might get me in trouble because that's what society teaches Just let your teens grow and somehow miraculously, they're going to come back and they're going like, to have this epiphany and they're going to be all grown up into adulthood. That's not what God says. It's a slow growing process into maturity and then into adulthood. You slowly take off the childishness and you put on adult attributes, logic, reasoning, sound judgment, good decision-making habits. And every time that happens, we want to affirm our children. I saw that. I noticed you did this without me ever having to ask you. I saw you share your grapes with your sister. I saw how you helped When the baby was fussing and you just went over and talked to the baby, I saw how when your sister was really sad by something that happened, a friend had said to her, I saw how you just sat with her. You didn't try to fix it. I I noticed that. When we identify those things in our kids, those attributes, those characteristics, you know we're communicating worth and value or letting them know you're part of us and because you're part of us you're worthy you have value you fit you belong here with us god didn't put you in the wrong family he put you right where you needed to be with us and we're going to keep doing life together and people often ask me okay so you know how how do you start like Communicating with your kids, if you've got to breathe life, I mean, sometimes, Connie, I mean, you do have to correct your kids, of course, because sometimes they make poor decisions. Sometimes they make straight up bad decisions, awful decisions sometimes. Sometimes they aren't kind to their siblings, and they have their sibling in tears. Sometimes they clap back at you. They don't say very kind things. And we do have to communicate. We do have to teach and correct our kids. Everything isn't always, oh, just say the right words and everybody's going to be happy, happy. No, it's, it's humans. Humans aren't like that. And little children that are growing to become adults, they make a lot of unwise choices in their word selection sometimes. And guess what? So do we. So do we. How do we communicate hard things? How do we breathe life, speak truth, build up without criticizing or sarcastic? How do we do that? It can be rather daunting, isn't it? I mean, by the time you go through this whole litany of list in your mind, it's like, oh, forget it. I'm not going to say anything. No, there are times we have to correct. It's how our kids do learn. But here's some things to consider. Don't speak from a place of anger or hurt. Why? Well, they'll be turning around in a matter of moments to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. But by then, the other person's already wounded. And then you have to take a lot more time to try to undo the damage that was caused because you were angry or you hurt your child, which we don't want to do. Don't have that conversation. Don't go to rebuke a child, teach or correct them. When you're angry, just settle down, take some time, step away. Hey, you know what, sweetie? We're uh, Mom's got to think about this. Mom needs to do some praying. Let's come back in a few minutes. You settle down, I'll settle down. We'll come back and talk about this. Maybe you have a family meeting if it's, if it's something reoccurring and you have tried all the different approaches and nothing's working. Okay. Then, then you may have to, to have a family meeting and address it in a different way, a little more firm with a little more consequence or get to the heart of what's really going on. If you do need to have those conversations, make sure you're free from distraction. Put that cell phone away. Don't let it ping or blink, you or your kids, so that there is no distraction. You can look in each other's eyes. That's becoming a rather lost skill, because everybody's glued to a screen. I was recently on vacation and, oh my goodness. I mean, people were at this wonderful place and the whole family would be lined up in a row chairs and the whole family, because we went over to the beach, and the whole family with the ocean in front of them and they're all lined up with the Frisbees and the footballs and the snacks all by the chairs. And literally all the teens and adults would be on a cell phone smiling usually at their cell phone, and the little kids would be sitting in front of them playing in the sand, longing to be seen, to have maybe the eyes drawn to them. I see this frequently, and I know you do too. Maybe it happens at your house on a regular basis. If you really have to have those hard conversations, don't accuse Don't accuse. Always think there's got to be another side to the story that I don't know. So never start off trying to have some of these conversations that need to be had accusing your children. Go on a fact-finding mission first. And fact-finding doesn't mean interrogation. Because accusation and interrogation both have negative connotations to them. The goal here is to get to the why. Why did that child say or do what they did? Repeat it back. Okay, so you said this. Is that really what you're saying? Is that really what happened? And make them respond, yes. Are you sure? Because you know, we're not, we're, we're not going to lie. We're going to tell the truth. And I want you to tell me the whole truth. Because if I find out, I didn't get the whole truth, then that means you lied to me. And if you lied to me, that's not okay. We don't lie. We tell the truth. But don't set your kids up. You know, if they do tell you the truth and then you get mad or angry and you blow up, then that's going to make it harder for them to trust you to tell the truth the next time. As you're having this conversation, be, very, be calm. Restate the situation as they said it to you. And then let them know, you're gonna check it out and see if the other siblings have a different version or if their story actually adds up. Let them know, I'm, I believe you. I absolutely believe you, because I trust you. You're gonna tell me the truth. And I will always trust you to tell me the truth until I find out that you haven't told me the truth and then you've broken trust. And if you've broken trust, it's gonna take you a little longer to regain that trust. So start off with a place of, I trust you to tell me the truth and you will. Always focus on like what your child needs. What, What do they need from your conversation? And when we are thinking about how, we're supposed to say words that build up, that edify, that encourage, exhort. And those times when they don't, I mean, I kind of wrote Parenting Beyond the Rules and those were mom fails. They weren't my kids' fails. They were my fails. And let me just tell you, that was a tip of the iceberg because my life wasn't different than yours. You're in the seasons of of it now, of raising kids. And I'm going to tell you, not much has changed children are still children. They're still going to act up and act out. Some of your children can be very compliant and make you think you are an amazing parent until you find out they did something later in their life. And you're like, what? Some of your kids are, are very tender-hearted. Some of your kids are very strong-minded. And I encourage you, go back and listen to our segments on strong-minded children. Those are amazing. People say, what are you talking about strong-minded? I just don't like strong-willed children. That has a connotation to me that something's wrong with them. They're strong-willed. We, we must do something to break that. No, strong-minded kids are future leaders. They need guidance. They need to be understood, just like all children. Sometimes, though, you're not going to handle it right. And that's where you need to ask for forgiveness. You go to your kids, let them know, hey, I messed up. It doesn't have to be something elaborate, just needs to be real, authentic. I did not respond the way I wanted to respond, and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? There's power in those words. Our kids are quick. Yeah, they may say, but mommy, you didn't say that right before. Yeah, be humble too. Because being a parent is a really tough job and you're going to mess up and your kids are going to know you mess up. My kids can tell you all my shortcomings and having adult kids is not easier. People think, oh, it is. No, it's very hard because you're adding a whole nother level of complexity to the parent child relationship. You have to be just as careful. I don't care if you have a little baby, an elementary school, a middle schooler. Or you have teens or tweens or college kids or, in my case, adult children. Monitoring your mouth is equally important in every single season. Hopefully, by the time you get to having adult children, you've got lots of practice. But I still am saying to someone, because there's 10 of us, I'm sorry, that didn't come out right. Will you forgive me? there's power in that. You know what it shows them? They're still valuable. They're still worthy that you still care about your relationship and how you're speaking to them. And it frees them up when they do something, which they will, to come back to you with the exact same thing and say, I'm really sorry. I was cutting up too much at the dinner table, which is in our case, that's kind of like a, a frequently thing. I mean, everybody cuts up. And somebody usually crosses the line and somebody gets their feelings hurt because maybe it just wasn't a good day for you to rib on them in a certain way. You know, just kind of like, <sighs> it's okay to cut up as long as the motive isn't to cut down. To hurt, harm, or wound. But you do have to be very careful. And it takes great skill. And it's rare that a child will have such great skill. And to be honest with you, it's rare that an adult will have such great skill because you just never know what's going on in the heart of another person. So as we wrap up this segment, I want to encourage you to be mindful of the words that you say. I want you to be mindful that your words have power, enormous power, that your kids are learning from you how to monitor their own mouth, how to have grace, decorum, tact, how to use words skillfully, how to have the other person walk away and feel edified and built up and not marginalized or put down. And that's across the board. That doesn't even matter if it's your child or whoever it is. We don't ever want to do that. And if we do, we want to immediately come back with those powerful words. You know, I I meant to say this. My heart was for it to be received like that, but I don't think it landed right. Will you please forgive me? So remember, if you pause, if you think about the child you're speaking to and how they're going to hear what you say, then formulate and craft those responses in that way. And not to speak up and react in anger. Settle it down, keep it calm, remove distractions, breathe life, build up, and when you don't, ask for forgiveness. Because the goal, my friends, it's like everything. The goal is to resolve the disagreement. The goal is to resolve the conflict. And the ultimate goal is to cultivate a rich relationship. One that's based on truth and trust and love, respect, care. That's what it's built on. And that's what we're able to do. So whether it's you're talking to your child or many children of many ages with different temperaments, different personalities, and different ages and stages, or a friend or anybody that you actually deal with, just remember, power is in the words. It's not what you say, it's what they hear. And you have the power to make sure what you say is said in a way that others hear the heart behind it, that the motive is, I'm for you. I'm with you. I am your greatest cheerleader. I will be there for you, cheering you on, supporting you and equipping you for whatever next steps you have available before you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Monitoring Your Mouth the power of words, the life-giving power of words. I hope you join us next week as we dive into yet another chapter. We're coming to the end of our series on Parenting Beyond the Rules. I hope it's been a blessing. Make sure if you have any questions, shoot them over to contact at ConnieAlpers.com. We love getting your feedback. We love hearing from you. And if you would, just leave us a review over uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast. It does help as the algorithm gods over at these wonderful tech companies, you know they do rank those. So we appreciate the reviews that you leave. If you leave a five-star review, we'd so appreciate that. It makes all the difference. We appreciate you. We're here for you, not for us. It's to help you. Uh, Because you are equipped to be a doer of God's word and what God's given you, he will equip you to fulfill for his glory and not your own. So make it a great day and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.